You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. Thanks for listening now. This is In the Studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepherd, And Michael, I think you know this, but coming up on this coming Sunday, it will be the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. You knew that, right? Uh, well, I, I did, thanks to Joe uh, Carlson, our producer. Um, and and I'm, I'm very encouraged that we're spending time getting ready for it. I think that's mm-hmm. the kind of event that you need to you know, ramp up to and not just say, oh, wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to think about the persecuted church today. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm thankful. Again, The I would love to take credit, and I know you would too, but most of the content is organized by Joe Carlson, the, the, the brother that produces this program. And uh, this is something that's uh, um, important to Joe and important to us. And so I'm thankful to him that yeah. he's it is. He's uh, he's he's put together really is. this program. Yeah. Somebody has to keep us on track, and it fell to Joe to do that. So, <laughs> well, and you know, and and not just you know bringing up the theme, but he's reaching back to one of the older programs, and uh, we're going to yeah. get to we're going to get to hear a wonderful brother who understands the persecuted church talk about what's going on in the world. Yeah, we're going to go back to one of the earliest conversations we had uh, yeah. when we started working together. The program was called Joy in the Journey at that time, and yeah. Steve Green came to your studio at Mole End and sat down for a conversation. Yeah, and uh, I, again, I don't remember what it was he said, so I'm anxious to hear again <laughs> again what he <laughs> it said. It was long enough ago that we can't recall, right? But uh, we're going to hear you, you and Steve sing together, too. Yeah. Well, we were just commenting in between uh, segments of the program how, how much of our conversation involves you saying, Mike, do you remember that? Mike, do you remember? Do you remember that? <laughs> so I'm looking forward to hear what Steve has to say. Yeah, we'll get there in just a moment. Hey, let me yeah. ask you though about the featured resource this month that uh, Trevin Wax has put together. Trevin has been with us on the program here. He, yes. It's called the Psalms in 30 Days. Yeah, Trevin is a is a remarkable uh, sort of. He he has organizational skills. He helped put together the team for the CSB Bible, uh, but he's also a biblical scholar. And uh, yeah, he has put together this unique uh, way of working through the Psalms in a month, and and it's actually a, a, an old approach that he's brought a kind of new, a new new thinking to. And Trevin's an amazing guy. Well, we'll have more to say about it as this hour progresses here. Here's yeah. a note from Jeff. It's been Michael Card Monday over here today. We have oh, Taco Tuesday, now Michael Card Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I've so enjoyed hearing and listening to the podcast, especially now that the option to skip ahead or back to hear something again exists. Greatly appreciated the interview with Denny this morning and mm. hearing the song El Shaddai just now. Very grateful for your ongoing ministry of song and teaching. Started reading Mark in Mike's Informed Imagination series. Again, wonderful. Thank you, Jeff. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that great that someone would take the time to encourage us? I appreciate that, Jeff. All right, let's get started and go back in time now as Steve Green came to the studio at Mole End. 
Uh, with us today, a uh, good friend and a good brother, Mr. Steve Green. Steve, welcome. It's great to be with you. Thanks. We're going to ask Steve to sing for us in just a moment, and later we'll ask that uh, the two of you sing that song that, Michael, you wrote called The Faithful that uh, is on one of Steve's mm-hmm. uh, CDs as well. But we'll get to that later on. Let's take a closer look at this matter of suffering for naming the name of Jesus Christ, Michael. Well, I think Steve and I have have, uh, felt this burden for some time. Uh, I've worked with the Bible League. He's worked with uh, Voice of the Martyrs and and other organizations to to try to help uh, raise awareness amongst American Christians that uh, there is a suffering uh, element to the church, more Christians dying today for Christ than at any time in the history of the church. One Oklahoma City bombing a day right now. That's how many Christians mm-hmm. are dying for Christ. Mm-hmm. And we in America live as if it weren't a reality. Mm-hmm. Steve, this is something you think about, isn't it? It is. Uh, the particular passage that you read, um, I think, is very key. Uh, do not be surprised. And often we act as if or respond to the word about suffering believers around the world uh, with shock. Uh, mm-hmm. What happened? What went wrong? Mm-hmm. And um, the Lord himself forewarned us uh, that it's part and parcel of naming the name of Christ. And really, that's what suffering is about. It is suffering for Christ's sake, uh, not because of uh, my own wrongdoing. There's nothing noble in that. But if it is out of identification with Christ, uh, then there is a great rejoicing because really I'm bearing his reproach. Mm -hmm. Well, we all pray together that should we be in a place of suffering like many of our brothers and sisters are, that we would learn with them to praise God for the fact that we bear his name. Steve, as we consider these things here today, you have written a song based on this passage. It's called No Surprise. Uh, Just to remind us again that uh, don't be shocked about these things. They're not strange. It's part of following Christ. Michael, let's ask Steve to sing that for us now, accompanied by Brian Howell. was a man of sorrows who wept in human pain he knew the grief of parting and his hunger was the same he felt the sting of insults and he bore the weight of sin he humbly drank the suffering God set before him And it should arrive as no surprise The tears are gonna come If you're called by his name You're sure to suffer some And it should arrive as no surprise are gonna come if you're called by his name you should have suffered some he didn't seek his own happiness he made no earthly claim 
set before him He endured the cross and shame He was born into the darkness To shine the light of truth And if the world hated him The world will hate you too And it should arrive as no surprise Tears are gonna come If you're called by His name We should suffer some And it should arrive It's no surprise The tears are gonna come If you're called by His name should have suffered some If the world hates you Keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. This is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. Should be no surprise Mm. to us. That scripture, by the way, found in John chapter 15. When we talk about uh, suffering, in fact, I have the the privilege of communicating uh, the song that that Mike and I are going to share later on, The Faithful, um, in concert settings, uh, along with a video that that portrays uh, a, a true story, an account of persecution. And when the song finishes, um, generally there's there's a mixed response. Some people don't know whether to clap mm-hmm. or to cry. Uh, what do you do with this? How do you how do you respond to this? I just experienced this going to one of your concerts about two mm-hmm. nights ago, Steve, and I noticed that. And here we sit in in comfort and safety, and then to realize that a vast number of of Christians are being persecuted at this very moment. What do we do? And uh, I sense the frustration in the hearts of people. Um, You know, where do we go? How do I respond to this? Mm. Um, You know, there are things that we can't do. I think that um, there's a there is an element of of compassion and encouragement that can only be shared if you're in that with them. Mm. I think particularly of uh, the Apostle John writing. in the book of Revelation, where he started, I, John, your brother and companion in the sufferings of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he, was, he had been validated by his experience to be able to speak to them. And, and you're right, I think oftentimes we don't feel like it's legitimate for us to even say anything mm-hmm. to those people. And, and I, think you're, I think you're right. Uh, but so what is what is left for us to do? Well, That's the question. And, and there is so much. And, and God in his sovereignty... 
uh, doesn't allow the entire body of, 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 of believers to go through persecution at the same time. Mm-hmm. What a difficult thing that would be. Mm-hmm. But while one part suffers, there's another part that has a very key role to play. And um, you had turned, Mike, to the passage in, in Hebrews. Do you- yeah, Hebrews 13 is a passage that uh, I, I refer to a lot in, uh, in concert um, when I'm, because I'll, I'll do the, the faithful song as well sometimes. And uh, the writer of Hebrews um, says, Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers for by so doing. Some people have entertained angels without knowing it. We all love mm-hmm. that verse. Mm-hmm. But then he says, remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. And I think remember there is almost a parallel mm-hmm. word for pray. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. Bill Lane would often say that we need to develop a, a fellow prisoner mentality mm-hmm. in American Christianity uh, because uh, none of us are free until all of us are free. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, w- w- as I've tried to wrestle, like you're talking about, what do we do? What, right. What's appropriate? Uh, that fellow prisoner mentality, I go back to mm-hmm. a lot. So the first thing that we ought to do is to be aware. We need to know their names. We need to know who these people mm-hmm. are so we can pray. And, and remembering uh, is not something casual. Uh, it's purposefully setting aside time mm-hmm. to think about and concentrate on and. Uh, one of the great resources we have uh, are organizations such as The Voice of the Martyrs and mm-hmm. Strategic World Impact. Uh, they both have magazines with stories and pictures and names, mm-hmm. and uh, those things are a great help. I, I call them fuel for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you said, Mike, uh, it leads to prayer. And one of my favorite stories in the Bible is, is Acts chapter 12. It's the account of Peter mm-hmm. in prison. And there was some persecution going on. Herod had, in fact, killed the brother of John, James, and uh, it delighted the Jews. And so he was getting ready to do some more, so he took Peter prisoner, and there he was chained in prison. And interestingly, um, there in the middle of the night, Peter's sleeping. Mm -hmm. But what else can he do? (laughs) He's in those circumstances, and he's doing the right thing. He's resting Mm -hmm. in the providence of God. uh, what a beautiful picture that is yeah, to me. Yeah, at peace while in chains. That's right. Yeah. But the great thing is this. There was a body of believers, not in prison, who were up all night wrestling in prayer for him. He's resting because he's in that circumstance right then. He is in prison. What can he do? Hmm. But the believers who were free were praying. What a picture to me of our responsibility. Our brothers and sisters are suffering persecuted, many of them in chains, Mm. and we're the ones who can gather together and wrestle in prayer on their behalf. But too often, we're the ones who are asleep. Oh, (laughs) my goodness. And there's an interesting twist to that story, too. When when the angel leads Peter out of prison, he goes, he's led to the house where they are praying for him. The people don't believe that it's him. The little girl (laughs) at the door lets him in. It's Peter out there. Oh, no, it couldn't be. And that's very human and very real as well. I know the two of you have tried to keep current. You've tried to keep informed of what is happening to the persecuted and suffering church around the world. Any stories come to mind of of situations that would encourage us, even as we look at these scriptures today, to pray for our brothers and sisters. Just a couple of weeks ago, a friend, Kevin Turner, 
uh, called me from Sudan. He was getting ready to go into a city that had been bombed. Mm. In fact, one of the hospitals had been bombed. And uh, there were pregnant women hiding in bunkers and sick people that could hardly get out of bed having to hide for their lives. That's unbelievable to us as we sit here mm-hmm. so comfortable today, isn't it? And I was out working in my yard, went into the kitchen, took a phone call from a brother in Sudan. I mean, talk about <laughs> a reality check. <laughs> yeah, hello. <laughs> and um, he shared another story with me about an Ethiopian um, brother who was a devout Muslim, dying of AIDS, and... God healed him. In fact, there were three separate doctors that tested him and gave evidence that he didn't even have the HIV virus anymore, completely healed while he was a Christ hater Mm. and then came to the Lord. And now he's a powerful evangelist uh, affecting so many people. But Kevin, my friend, asked him, what can I do for you? How can I help you? He said, well, we really could use some bicycles. Uh, you mean bicycles so that your evangelist can travel to the the villages? He said, no, no, that they can walk on their own. He said, but when they get there, they're entering into villages that are 100% Muslim, no Christians. And when they begin to communicate the gospel, they are beaten oh. and they are stoned. Mm. And he said, they go back the next day and they are beaten and they are stoned. And they go back the next day and they are beaten and they are stoned. How does a bicycle help then? He said they could use a bicycle just to enable them to get out of the village if they need to because they can't walk. A a, a (laughs) quick escape. But the good news is that out of that, then five come to Christ and then ten, and they witness the evidence of the Lord Jesus with this brother, Hmm. and, um, and churches are started. They know what it is to praise God in the mm. midst of persecution mm. uh, that they bear his name. Mm. They know that. We, I don't know if we know that, but they do. Michael, any stories? Well, when I was uh, in China, I met with a, a pastor who had been in uh, prison for 22 years for simply for sharing his faith. And when he was in the prison camp, uh, they put him, uh, the worst job in the camp was uh, in the uh, cesspool they mm. they collect human waste and use it as fertilizer, and obviously that's the worst job in the mm. camp. And since he was the only Christian in the camp, they gave him that job, and it was his job to to turn it over and to shift it from the the pits, the the latrines, to the mm. pits where they would hold it and that sort of thing. And this is knee deep, waist deep in human waste for 22 years. Mm. And as he told the story, he was smiling, and uh, he said uh, it was the only job understandably, in the camp where you were left alone. They were afraid of the disease and the smell and everything. He said, so I could pray out loud, and I Mm. could sing uh, hymns, Mm. and I could could quote all the scripture that I could remember. (laughs) And he said, said, that cesspool became my private garden Mm -hmm. where I could go and be with the Lord. He said, my favorite hymn was, I come to the garden alone. And so uh, talk oh about you know, being joyful in the midst of suffering. And, and he, was, he was eventually uh, let out of prison and dumped in Hong Kong with no papers, so he's basically not a, a person. He got traveling papers. It took him a year or two to get those. Went to the U.S., got a U.S. passport. And then went right back into China. Mm. Bless his heart. Yeah, just brave. brave Steve, man. sometimes there's the ultimate sacrifice. Sometimes people are not just persecuted. They don't just suffer. They actually die for mm-hmm. naming Christ's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to pray and thank God for these lives as well. Absolutely. It was Oswald Chambers that said, 
even if today you're not called to give your life, you should at least carry in your heart the spirit of martyrdom. Mm. That is the willingness to say, Lord Jesus, whatever you require of my life today, I am yours. Mm. And I don't think that um, anyone approaches that glibly or lightly. Uh, in fact, some of them don't even realize at the moment all that's going on. Sometimes there's confusion and and uh, such as was true with um, uh, the martyrs in, uh, by the Alca Indians yes. in, um, in Ecuador. Yes, think of all the good that's come out of that tragedy. Absolutely. Michael, you, with these thoughts in mind, have written a song that Steve has sung. You both are going to sing it for us now here in the mm-hmm. studio. The background, though, this is called The Faithful. And, well, this is a song that really came out of Steve's burden uh, for the for the suffering church. And uh, we talked about it, and, um, I mean, he's the one who really communicated it to me. And uh, I put, it down, put the words down, and then uh, Phil Nash wrote the music. Steve Green, Michael Card, Brian Howell here at the keyboard, and also joining us, Ken Lewis, waiting patiently to play percussion on this song. It's called The Faithful. In dark, filthy places, forsaken, forgotten, our brothers and sisters are paying a price. Will not deny him to purchase their freedom. For these are the faithful, the martyrs for Christ. Twisted and broken, abandoned and beaten, their bodies can find an unseen sacrifice. But deep in their spirits, they know perfect freedom, for they are the ones who've been set Voices are crying How long, Lord, till you come judge the earth But he'll wrap and redeem them In robes of pure white For the blood of the martyrs Is the seed of the church For the blood of the martyrs Is the seed of the silence, their faithful refusal to doubt or deny in the presence of men. They live by his promise before his own father that in his kingdom he'll not deny them. From under the altar their voices are crying, crying how long lord till you come judge the earth but he'll wrap and redeem them in robes of pure white for the blood of the martyrs is a seed of the church for the blood of the martyrs 
called The Faithful, Steve Green with Michael Card here on Joy and the Journey. What a powerful picture. What a powerful thought that uh, people actually die simply because they want to honor Christ. And that that is uh, a natural part of the process. That, that That's how the gospel moves forward, that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church, uh, as Steve said at the beginning of the program, this is not something unusual or something, someone's not doing something wrong that this Mm -hmm. is happening. Mm -hmm. This is uh, the response of a fallen world to the good news. That's right. Well, and and Jesus told us that light came into the world, but the world loved the darkness Mm -hmm. and hated the light. Mm -hmm. And um, as we become light in Christ, uh, there will be the same animosity against us, realizing, though, that it really is Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve, as you have told us today, the most important thing that we can do is to pray for our brothers and sisters. And Michael, with the time we have left on this broadcast today, can we just pray on behalf of the a suffering and persecuted church right now, right here? Yeah, let's, let's pray. I'll open, Steve, and you close. Mm-hmm. Lord, on a, on a beautiful day, on a uh, a day when we sit comfortably uh, uh, and safely uh, in this place, we ask that you would open our hearts, that you would uh, open our awareness to those who are in prison as if we were their fellow prisoners, as, as if we were suffering uh, with them. Uh, that's going to take uh, a movement of your spirit in our hearts and our lives because we're dull and we're... Mm unaware and uh, insensitive. So we ask, Lord, that you would uh, tender our hearts towards our brothers and sisters, that you would make us aware that there are others in the body who are paying an enormous price simply for calling you Lord and for being obedient to you. Now, for those of us who are outside the battle lines, we ask, Lord, that you would give us the grace to become fellow prisoners in heart and to pray and to support and to uh, just become aware Mm -hmm. of those who are suffering and dying because they belong to you. Uh, We ask that, Lord, in the the name of your Son. Mm -hmm. Lord, I thank you for uh, people like Voice of the Martyrs and Strategic World Impact that run to the places of greatest difficulty and bring back to us uh, news, names, situations, so we can pray. And um, Lord, we do this very moment recognize that there are members of the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters, who are undergoing intense difficulty and suffering. And we would ask that you would surround them with your comfort, Lord, that by your Spirit you would grant them the very Spirit of Christ to love those who are hurting them and to forgive them. And then, Lord, it makes us remember again that this world is not our home. Mm -hmm. We're aliens. We're strangers. 
and with a greater intensity we long um, for heaven, long to be home with you. But till then, Lord, would you strengthen our feeble hearts and cause us in the moment of trial not to shrink away from you, deny your name, but to gladly bear reproach mm-hmm. for the sake of Christ. In his name, amen. Amen. Well, brother, thank you for spending such a big block of time with us and sharing your heart and uh, your gift. And and uh, I can't tell you how much it means just mm-hmm. to share this word with you. Mm-hmm. Thank Thanks. you. It's a privilege for me to be here. Thanks. It's so encouraging to see the notes that come in from those who listen to these sessions in the States and around the globe. No matter where you hear us, help us get the word out about this gathering of like minds by sharing the link for this podcast. We hope you'll share your thoughts on the Michael Card Music Facebook page or reach us directly when you send your comments, song requests, or questions via email and write to us at inthestudio at michaelcard.com. These conversations are just a start and we want to invite you to go deeper. Check out more of Michael's insights through his books, music, and Bible conferences. Explore all that is waiting for you at michaelcard.com. Well, there's more music and conversation coming your way as we pause for this message here in the studio with Michael Card. The Psalms in 30 Days is this month's featured resource. We're always glad to point out new ways to get into God's Word. And this book for my friend Trevin Wax will do just that for you. Trevin has combined the clarity and scholarship of the new CSB translation with a wonderful adaptation of a centuries-old approach to reading the Psalms in a month. Search for the Psalms in 30 Days at csbible.com and read more about this helpful study tool that can refresh your spiritual life. Order now to have this in time to use as a gift or to be on hand to prepare for the new year. Be sure to type in in the studio without spaces in the promotion code to receive your 30% discount from Lifeway. The Psalms in 30 Days is a wonderful way to let God's Word renew your thinking and restore your soul in these changing and challenging times. Search for Psalms in 30 Days now at csbible.com. Back in the studio with Michael Card now. Michael, the music that we hear of yours on this program is always performed in the studio. It's not uh, lifted from a CD. Uh, We made you work for this, didn't we? (laughs) Yeah, and and every now and then you may hear a little resentment, maybe, of uh, why can't we just play the record? (laughs) Because the record's uh, perfect, but uh, Joe Carlson, our producer, says, no, this is all going to be live, so... uh, That's no, how we thank do it. you for your investment in doing that with us. We're going yeah. to hear your song, Valley of the Dry Bones, as we uh, talk about uh, Ezekiel here in a few moments. Uh, Katie, your daughter Katie, played the boron when this was recorded. Yeah, and she had just, just started playing it, and she picked right up on it, and, and, and her timing is, is uh, flawless. So, yeah, it's great that Katie's going to be a part of this recording. And, if we're, and, and we're looking at you know the whole... Uh, the whole idea of looking back to the past t- to get hope, mm-hmm. and uh, the Valley of Dry Bones is really about that in Ezekiel. You know, looking back and seeing what God has done in the past, and that gives us hope for the future. And so, you know, now as we're, you know, everything's kind of swirling around in in our world now with COVID and all the rest. Yeah, uh, we look back on the faithfulness of God, and we have hope. We know that He's got the whole world in His hands. Yeah. Let's listen 
Valley of Dry Bones. carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me around among the old dry bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, Speak to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says, Look, I am going to breathe into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke these words just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as they had been before. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, Speak to the winds and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, 
Come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke as he commanded me, and the wind entered the bodies, and they began to breathe. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army of them. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Now give them this message from the Sovereign Lord. O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You will see that I have done everything just as I promised. I, the Lord, have spoken. Ezekiel is given this impossible task uh, to speak to a people who God says won't listen, who won't receive his word. And, uh, and Isaiah, Jeremiah, they all have a similar uh, calling on their lives. Uh, those seeing, they don't see, and hearing, they don't hear, and that sort of thing. And um, I think it's important to see how God refuses to give up on his stubborn people and gives them, in this wonderfully imaginative language, uh, a reason to hope. Yeah, this how, hopeless how could people, you get more graphic than old, brittle, dry, yeah, dead bones? Which is a, which is a brilliant description of, of spiritually where Israel was. I mean, they, they didn't really exist as a people anymore. Uh, worship in the temple... Uh, was empty and meaningless. Hmm. And, and Wayne, I think there are a lot of us who look at our own country and see uh, reflections of this same vision. You know, who was it that said uh, American Christianity is 4,000 miles wide and an inch deep? Mm-hmm. And I think in many ways uh, the landscape of uh, the American church is littered with these bones. And uh, I think people like us um, read this passage and are, become hopeful. But it's 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 Jesus that's going to make it happen. You know, yeah, it's he His is, breath. He's, it's exactly this. It's, it's it's His Holy Spirit. And I think what we need to begin to pray is that it, this vision of Ezekiel thirty-seven would become actualized in our own church. That uh, these these this valley of dry bones that is American Christianity would experience the fresh. Uh, breath of God and that we would eventually become this vast army because in a lot of ways I think the ruins of uh, the, the the towers uh, the experience of 9/11 I think is almost uh, an image of of what's happened to us mm-hmm. we you know we think we're rich but we're really poor we think you know we have all this success and we preach so much about our successes and you you know we know from going overseas uh, that uh, Elsewhere in the world, the church is so strong, but in America, it is is really sickly. We have lots to learn. It's clear to me that this is a reminder of God's faithfulness. God is the one who is being faithful here. Yeah. And in our adversity, in our calamity, uh, and I remember very clearly 9-11, I remember how important it was to remind each other of the faithfulness of God. When it looked like the world was crumbling all around us, and all of the things that we had counted on, you know, were just... Everything was uncertain. 
Yeah. It was good to remind each other about the faithfulness of God. Yeah. And, well, I remember that day, too, because uh, I remember it was you who really got my wife and I through that day because mm-hmm. we were listening to Moody Radio and hearing you comment on things as, as news broke. And so that was... It wasn't a, just me. There were many others yeah, a part well, of that, But that too. was a time where, uh, you know, I really gained a whole new appreciation for you and, and your ministry, uh, especially to my wife and I that day. But... Um, when, when we look at, um, again, a, a situation like 9-11, but then look at the wider situation in America, and we think, you know, there's so much fear now, this whole idea of terrorism, uh, and, and it's only going to get worse, um, an event like 9-11. And, and, uh, it just exposed our, our weaknesses, didn't it? it, and, it yeah, and, it did. And how vulnerable we are. And, and unfortunately, sometimes we also think that the, the solutions for these things are political, are only political solutions. And, and although certainly we should be voting and certainly we should be involved in the political process, you know, I want to in, really encourage American Christians to understand that the, the solutions to our problems are spiritual solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, I've heard Steve Green pray so often, Lord, please don't let me be in the wrong place mm-hmm. when you're doing your thing when you're moving. Don't let me be building my kingdom uh, off in the corner when you're doing your thing. Uh, and you know, again, I want to encourage uh, those of us in America to, to to be praying those kinds of prayers. You have another song to sing that fits right into this uh, this point that you're making. It comes from. Isaiah 40, 41, somewhere in there? Yeah, well, actually, there, there's a couple of passages in Isaiah that uh, Isaiah is another one of those prophets who was given the ministry uh, to, to try to present a picture to blind people. Well, maybe not blind people, people who refuse to open their eyes mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and to speak a message to people who refuse to listen. And it's a verse, there's an, a, a passage from Isaiah 6, 9 that is actually quoted several times in the New Testament, and it, it upsets people. Uh, I'll, let me read one passage in, in Luke 8. Um, Jesus has just told the parable of the sower, and um, and Jesus also says this fairly frequently. He says, uh, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, right? So it's, it's sort of a challenge to really listen with your imagination and understand. But then his disciples ask him what the parable meant, and this is one of those rare examples when Jesus actually explains one of his parables. And Jesus says, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that, and then here comes the Isaiah passage, though seeing they may not see, hearing they may not understand. Hmm. And so many people read that, and are, and I understand how you could misunderstand that passage. It's almost as if, as if Jesus is purposely being obscure or saying things in such a way that they won't be able to see. But what you have to understand, Wayne, is that when, when uh, Jesus is quoting this passage from Isaiah 6-9, it's in the context of Isaiah. And the context is a group of people who have uh, stubbornly refused to hear or to see. Dr. Lane used to translate it, uh, uh, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that, and then Bill would add, so that it might be fulfilled hmm. that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. And then just a few verses later, and this is one of my favorite sayings of Jesus, he talks about the, the lamp on the stand, or hiding it under the jar and that, that business. And, uh, and this is Luke eight seventeen. Jesus says, For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or be brought out into the open. In other words, I'm not being obscure. I'm not hiding things from people, you know, that sort of thing. But here's the verse 
I love so much, Wayne. He says, therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Mm. And it's almost a challenge uh, that comes right out of that Isaiah uh, 6 passage. You know, the way you listen, your very life depends upon it. And so we need to learn our lessons from the Isaiah and from uh, uh, Jeremiah and from Ezekiel and from Habakkuk and, and those, those Old Testament prophets who spoke to people who stubbornly refused to hear what God was saying to them. Uh, the listening that you're talking about in it's implicit that that's full of understanding, that we listen with understanding. That's mm-hmm. what the Lord's talking about. It's well, not just hearing. We, we listen with a fully engaged heart and mind. Yeah, I think um, it's not just for sort of didactic understanding, but we listen with an openness to be changed and challenged by the Word of God. We, we, we don't listen in such a way as we think we understand it all. Mm-hmm. We listen in humility. We listen, uh, asking God to, to make us wise with the wisdom of his word. Well, that's the message of this song we're going to ask you to sing now. Will you not listen? It's helpful to have that backdrop in the Gospels and in the book of Isaiah. Michael Card in the studio. He who formed the ear Worth the time it takes to hear Should he who formed our lips for speaking Be not heeded when he speaks Will you not listen? Why won't you listen? God has spoken love to us Why will you not listen? Listen to the sacred silence Listen to the Holy Word Listen as He speaks through living Parables that must be heard Parables that must be heard Will you not listen? Why won't you listen? God has spoken peace to us. Why will you not listen? He spoke a word of flesh and blood, flesh and blood that bled and died, bled and died just to be heard. How could you not hear this word? Why will you not hear this word? Will you not listen? Why won't you listen? God has spoken hope to us. How could you not listen? Why will you not listen? Michael, as you were singing, I was thinking what happens in my own life, that so often we go through something and we learn a lesson and then we forget it. You know, yeah. we, we, uh, we just, it sort of slips our mind. Yeah, Scotty Smith says we have to keep preaching the gospel to each other. And the things that we, we learn, like you say, they do slip away and mm-hmm. we have to be reminded. Mm-hmm. What I remembered was that Jesus is the word of God. So will you not listen? Huh. Yeah, I need to listen to the word, mm. this living word who mm. is... God's son. But I think in a sense we have forgotten. Now, here we are this far away from the events of 9-11. Of 
we've slipped back into a certain complacency. Sure. We, we certainly pay a bit more attention to the terror warnings and the news and that kind of thing. But I in guess. many ways, our lives are much the same. Well, I, I mean, our God in, in this country, our God is our comfort. We are comfortable people, and I'm, I'm confessing that. I'm not accusing. Uh, our, we had Our air conditioner went out for a couple of days, and we, we thought that was... <laughs> Really serious. I mean, that rocked our whole world. And <laughs> and uh, then you stop and you look back and you go, gee, there are people yeah. dying. You know, I was I was uncomfortable for mm. a couple of days and mm. it just rocked my world. And mm. so I was convicted that, uh, you know, I, I, my value system has to constantly be, uh, uh, you know, informed, tweaked, uh, challenged uh, by God's value system. As we... Um, look at this solemn time and mm-hmm. reflect on it, what yeah. your application would be to us here today. Well, I, I th- your your first comment was, uh, I think, important, this idea that we not forget. Um, there, We have enemies. You know, there are, are people who um, who consider us their enemies, and I think it would be good for us to, to continuously try to understand just why. Why are we, uh, why are we the objects of such hatred? Uh, what what is it about uh, the stand that we've taken uh, that causes people uh, to to you know focus that kind of venom towards us? Certainly, uh, some of the things we've stood for are, are good things. I mean, our, st- our our cause for Christ, our standing for the gospel, is going to bring the world uh, you know against us, animosity towards sure. us. But and, then, and seeking freedom for and, and those in the world is right, noble and right. Absolutely, the, the the very fact that that we as Americans, that there aren't very many other countries in the world that do this. And again, I'm not wrapping God in the flag because America has you know in, in a lot of ways more serious problems. But the very fact that we as a country over over history have so consistently been willing to give our lives so that other people could be free. Uh, that is a very uh, Christ-like thing to do. I have a niece who's, uh, you know, in, in Iraq right now in, in, a, in, a, in a very, you know, dangerous place. And, and uh, that's, a, that's a, a, a price that we, because I think our country was rooted in, in uh, uh, an understanding of the Bible, mm-hmm. I think that's something that we've always been willing to. It's been built into our country. And there aren't very, very many other countries that even understand that. But at the same time, you know, because of greed, because of um, several things that are wrong about the value system of of our country, uh, there are reasons why people hate us. Uh, we have we have been uh, guilty of um, some pretty horrible crimes in the world. So this needs to be a time of self examination yeah. too. Yeah, we're going to ask you to sing "Heal Our Land" in a moment, uh, and we talk often on the program about how we need to engage the scriptures as, yeah. as if it's the first time we're hearing something. Yeah, that's a real danger with uh, with Second Chronicles seven fourteen. We've heard this quoted so often yeah. that it just sort of flies by, and we uh, yeah, we, don't, know, we don't catch it. And that's another reason why Wayne, I think fresh translations are so good because you know you do you think well I know this I. I know what the next verse is going to say. Mm-hmm. You, you know, this over-familiarity with just the words and not the meaning behind the words. Because I'll read a passage and not realize, well, I can quote it mm-hmm. from, an, from you know, uh, another but translation. what does it say? Yeah, and it speaks in a fresh way. Well, let me read Second Chronicles 7.14, okay. and then we'll ask you to sing Healer Lamb. Okay, and here All is right. this obscure book. I mean, when was the last time you read Second Chronicles? <laughs> Probably when you look for this verse, Yeah, me, yeah, yeah. me too. I'm, conf- I'm confessing that with you. But, yeah. but here, here is this wonderful answer for us in the min- in the middle of this book then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray 
and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. this song from Michael that wraps up this session of In the Studio with Michael Card. If this time together has been valuable for you, please take a moment and pass along your comments to us. Share the link with a friend or post a review of this podcast. And learn about Michael's books, his music, and conference ministry so you can expand on what you've heard in this session at michaelcard.com. We're excited about the partnership with our sponsors of the Christian Standard Bible when you visit csbible.com. The Psalms in 30 Days is this month's featured resource. Search for The Psalms in 30 Days at csbible.com and read more about this helpful study tool that can refresh your spiritual life. And when you order, apply your 30% discount to the CSB purchase through LifeWay. Type in the studio as one word in the promotion code for your 30% discount with LifeWay. Search for Psalms in 30 Days now at csbible.com. For all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer, Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to this edition of In the Studio with Michael Card.